0: All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is like a special intervention bonus episode of the podcast because last week, Kellen and I were having like a meeting talking about the podcast and may up to cancer stuff, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And I was just not in a great space at all that day. But I didn't really communicate that to Kellen. So I was just I was feeling really edgy and anxious um, and I wasn't really in tune with what was really going on with me so at the end of our meeting she kind of was like uh, she's right here so I'm gonna ask her Um, (laughs) something we were talking about something and then I like literally like started like tearing up and I was getting really emotional what was it I think I blocked it out Kellen tell me what you recall from that well I could
1: just tell you were off which I mean everybody has an off day and I think that for a number of reasons i just kind of was pushing you a little bit about like what's going on and we were talking more about what i could take off of your plate because i could tell you were you know a little off <laughs> and and in, in that my overwhelmed mood well yeah and in that you started to open up about like well you know some you had gotten some bad news and or news that you wasn't that the positive light you like to see got it you yes know. Yes. Yeah, so, and so, yeah, that opened up the discussion.
0: So what it was, was I had, so where I'm at now in my cancer treatment, <clears throat> I'm going to get rid of that. So where I'm at now in my cancer treatment is I'm doing my monthly immunotherapy um, treatments and I have blood work once a month and I have my scan basically, which is like a MRI of my abdomen every three months, basically to look at the tumors that I have one tumor that we know of in my liver and then, um, several in my abdomen or like peritoneum. And basically the scan, the scans recently have been stable. So I've had two scans in a row at three months periods, three month period that have showed that nothing has changed with those tumors, which is a beautiful thing like that's where you want to be like if, if nothing's growing and you don't have anything new then like I say I'm, I'm riding the stable bus with my cancer so so that's all good but then you know you're I think when you enter this period of like long-term you know the, to be stage four colon cancer and to have six months plus of stability is a tremendous gift and it's just an awesome place to be. And I'm so lucky, but I can't deny the lingering fear and anxiety and all those, you know, the worry that's in the back of your head, especially after having gone through a period of bad news, after bad news, after bad news, there's an element of PTSD and there's an element of just general worried that when am I, when am I going to get that? next piece of bad news. And that's hard to even discuss or admit because there's so many people who would love to be stable, right?
1: Yeah. You, you, you definitely were struggling when we had the conversation last week to, clarify the things that were worrying you which were worrisome some blood work numbers that you weren't thrilled with and things like that but you also every time you were telling me something that worried you you were also sharing that you were also trying to be grateful because there's people in worse situations with their numbers and i think that that is such a challenge it seems like for someone in your place Of care and also in this world where you're dealing with so many men who are struggling with cancer and so you know that you obviously there's people who are NED no evidence of disease and then there's people that you're seeing you know coming close to the end of their journey with cancer unfortunately and so you feel like you have to be grateful at all times for where you are and that that just can't be (laughs) right you just can't be grateful at all times it it's not human it's just yeah no
0: and that was a really good conversation to kind of crack that open a little bit because I think that's where it was coming from was that guilt of feeling like how does a person carve out space how does a patient in my shoes carve out space to be grateful for having for being stable and for having this therapy that's been working and how, so how do you carve out space for that and let that be while also maintaining space to feel
1: the truth of what you're feeling? Not yeah. necessarily the truth of the situation if, if you know, because our perspectives can be varying, but the truth of at least what you're feeling, right. being honest about. To, yeah, your, to, your to acknowledge the fear, yeah.
0: to acknowledge that just because I'm grateful most of the time doesn't mean that that, that and I'm positive a lot of the time doesn't mean that that fear Goes away. It doesn't mean that you know you don't conquer that fear. Like you grapple with it. It still plays a part in your psyche. Yeah. And and so I think it's just what that you know our talk when I was like breaking down in tears like in in front of your house, uh, which
1: like I mean <laughs> I felt so bad because we were having a really we we had talked for a while but then finally towards the end you were kind of breaking out of your your funk a little bit to talk about it and my kids were running up my husband popped out of the house I had another person who was you know for my work popping over to drop something off it was You're like,
0: don't, don't worry about it that's just a cancer patient crying about his <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> about his blood work um no the timing was it was fine like that once you kind of crack that facade that's what needed to happen because I think what it got me thinking about was the complexity of what we go through as patients and the mix of feelings and the mix of emotions and that you can't be, you can't, like you said, you can't be grateful all the time. And you also can't or shouldn't be worried all the time. And that's right. where I was for a while, was, right. it, was in that place. And then, so it's just all about trying to honor where I'm at at the moment. So what happened with the blood work was, so I started the immunotherapy a year ago. I've been on immunotherapy for a year and before I started, my cancer was progressing and my CEA, which is basically a, a, it's a measure, it's a measure in my blood of cancer activity uh, specific to my colon cancer. And that was elevated, not significantly, um, but it was elevated. It was above, you know, it was above normal when I started immunotherapy. And then after I started immunotherapy, it started dropping and it started going into the normal range, which for, you know, is generally supposed to be, I mean, my normal range should probably be between like one and four based on my past, like when I've had my surgeries and and prior stuff. Um, If you're, if I'm over five, if I'm over four or five with my CEA, I can, it's been predictable. Like, I'm pretty know that I pretty much know that I've got a re- recurrence going on so my blood work you know it's been bounced my ceA normalized on immunotherapy and it's been bouncing around between like um three and 3.6 2.9 3.1 3.6 and that's just again like the grateful side of me is like wow like there's people with ceas in their thousands and to get it down to this level like it's a it would be a miracle and so I'm like, it's amazing that this immunotherapy has gotten me to this point. It's amazing. And then, you know, it got it back a couple of weeks ago and it had bounced up to 3.9, which again, it's more of the PTSD than anything. Like all of a sudden it went from 2.9 to 3.9. Like, ooh, like this could be indicative of like a million things. Could it be that I'm starting to trend up and that my cancer is kind of fighting back against the immunotherapy? Yeah. But could it just be a normal fluctuation based on what's happened you know, and not related to a recurrence? Absolutely. But my response is my heart kind of goes up in my throat and yeah. I get that sick feeling of like that, that fear comes yeah. in. And, and I think what I was trying to do is just stuff it down, you know, try yeah. to beat that back.
1: You, you were trying to stuff it down with gratitude, which <laughs> was in theory, a great place you know people are always talking about if you you know say three things that you're grateful for for before you go to bed you lead a happier life but you can't push certain things you know i don't disagree with you that you understand the people out there with higher levels and and things that are and progressing and and progressing right but you also know your body and your levels and what has been normal and abnormal for your story and your journey. And you know where the worry lies and that doesn't go away. Yeah. So. Well, and I think, you know,
0: just, just because I've had the amazing fortune to have something that's gotten me to stable doesn't mean that I'm not allowed to, right? to worry. Like I'm, I'm still a, a metastatic colon cancer patient. Like, and that's, gonna have worries that come with it right
1: and trying to stuff it down is going to make other things pop up it's gonna be whack-a-mole man you're gonna you're gonna push it down and then you know you're gonna get some anxiety and the anxiety is gonna lead to anger or grief or you know it's just you gotta you gotta be honest about where you're at talk about it yeah so
0: and that, so that's where I'm at with my cancer is I so I have my next MRI on um, September 7th I believe, and I have treatment the week after that um, with blood work and I don't expect that MRI to show anything at this point like you know even if I am trending up and and there are other ways to look at my cancer as well like at some point soon we're going to talk about doing a PET scan which measures basically metabolic activity. To look and see if, because I really believe that I'm, that my disease is not active and hopefully it stays that way for good. Um, so potentially looking at a PET scan and then also looking at um, another liquid biopsy, which basically is just another blood test that looks for any circulating uh, tumor DNA. Um, I had one of those done earlier on in my immunotherapy time and it came back negative. Which was another good early indicator that the treatment was working. So I guess to sum up, like when I look about where am I at in my cancer journey? So I've, it's been two and a half years. I have gone through colon surgery, two liver surgeries. I did chemo and now a year of immunotherapy. And immunotherapy has gotten me to this place of stability. And I can't dwell on that question of of what's going to happen for the, for the long term because these reg, this regimen is so new the drug the drug that i'm on is so new there's really no long-term data for colorectal cancer patients on this we we do know that some crc patients who are stage 4 some of them we don't know what percentage but some of them are achieving five year i believe that some of them are coming up on that sort of five year point of of having their de- disease basically be in remission so that's amazing. We also know that there is a percentage of folks that respond to immunotherapy and then their cancer progresses and they have to come up with a new approach, a new whether it's a, adding in some targeted drugs or doing a, a trial of some sort. Um so the, the so so to live in that space of thinking about what's what does my future look like? Um Am I going to progress or am I going to stay stable on this for the long term? Of course, I think about that. Yeah. And of of course, that's going to come in my mind periodically. Um, But it's a small piece like I'm pretty much living in the I, I do a pretty good job now of living engaged in the moment. I feel a great sense of purpose with what we're doing with man up to cancer. I feel supported by the people in my community in an incredible way. My family is a rock. Sarah and the girls are amazing. Um, you know, we live a really good life. Um, and 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 so, yeah, I'm focused on that most of the time. And then these those moments will come in where I'm like, you know, hey, what's what's coming up? What's gonna happen? like right. that's that's every human thinks about what's coming down the road.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're I think as long as you have you, as you say, use your tools that you're hopefully building through this journey for your own health and well-being as you go through it, and don't forget you have the toolbox, then, you know, these things can come in stride. And obviously you can't control what you can't control. But you can control using the support system and the tools you have to try to, you know, at least move through it as best you can (laughs) I mean honestly Mm, you know I don't really know what I'm talking about and I'm
0: (laughs) well that's good because I'm not paying you for this great
1: Great, Um, great.
0: there's going to be no payment for this uh, therapy session Um, no I get you know what and that's the thing this is active witnessing like and and you like I'm certainly not asking you to solve any of these problems or to have have, have any like blinding insights but as a friend you're just you're a good friend, and you have good insights from the outside on what this journey is for me from your perspective, and yeah. I and I value that. Um, and even if it just means sitting here and being like,
1: well, and yeah, I, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that when we were talking about this last week, I said to you that this was some of the stuff I think you need to share with the community because you've become the person who's talked about the struggles with the mental health and the sharing in the past, but you still are going to go through it and making sure that your community also knows that it's an active part of your day-to-day struggle. Well, and
0: sometimes I keep myself so busy that I just, you know, probably intentionally forget that I'm in active treatment, that this is not, you know, not that it would ever be over. Um, because even if I was, NED for five years plus, like, like all this would still be, there would still be things to grapple with, but my situation is a little different right now. Like I'm actively in immunotherapy treatment and I scan every three months and I have blood work every month. And and it's, you know, it's right up close. It's right right here. And, and so I think I keep myself so busy that I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. I can't do that. Cause like, like the side effects are real too. I've been having, I've been having real side effects most notably, inflammation. So, joint inflammation, gut inflammation, um, some skin stuff going on that that is can you know with the inflammation and the fatigue that can be sidelining like to the point where I have to be like, hey, I can't do everything that I'm hoping right. to do today or tomorrow or the next day, and to like be okay with that and to be honest with everyone that I talk to and work with that that I can't expect to have you know, the life of someone who is not in active cancer treatment, and that's okay.
1: Well, and you also seem to be a person who's really good about protecting other people's boundaries, space, time, mental health, but not always for yourself. Right. I mean, you oftentimes ask me, can you handle that when you're giving me something to do or, or a task? And I don't know if you ask yourself the same questions as much. That's something I'm working
0: on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's something we all, I mean, I, I'm, I'm guilty of that as well, right. but I, I, you know, I'm not in active treatment or, you know, have stage four colon cancer. So I don't have the, right the same physical, uh, signs telling me to slow down.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I, so I guess the bottom line for today is I, I, I wanted to do just a short bonus, uh, episode here. I love
1: how we're like bonus. bonus yeah. That's a,
0: you know, it's a bonus episode. You get to learn about, um, you know, where Trevor's cancer is at. But I, you know, people are asking for that. So a lot of people I'm connected with are like, you know, Hey, what's going on with your cancer? Like, keep us posted. We are, we care about you and we want to know what's happening with your cancer and how you're feeling about it and everything else. And because I've decided to share every, all of this with the world, it makes sense to do this. And it's good for me. And And that moment at your house, you know, sparked this conversation, which is one that I needed to have because I was having, you know, I was having fear and anxiety and some anger and just different emotional reaction to that, to the blood test, to having to go through all this that I needed to honor. And I, I'm still not, this is like halfway there. I need to Go do some things privately, like do some meditations, do some, do use the tools. You like You mentioned. You want mentioned. Me there for that? I mean, we could go meditate. <laughs> um, use the tools that you referenced, right? If yeah. Like, Hey, use your tools. And I, and I still need to do that. Cause I still feel like that little bit of, I'm not as, I'm not in the, as bad a place as I was when I was at your house, but I'm, I still have that unease.
1: Well, we were, I think one of the things that really triggered it at my house is I could tell one of the things was us talking about business plans for right. a man up to cancer and it was taking a structure of looking months out. Right. And I could tell there was, there was this part of you that was really grappling with news you had just had and future planning. And I think there's a real dichotomy there.
0: Yeah, definitely. If just, that's the right use absolutely. of Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. And I think that's true because yeah, the idea of thinking and and sometimes when I go on my calendar and I'll write down stuff for whether it be 3 months, 6 months, 9 months it yeah, it's like that's a little triggering. Yeah. Um so anyways, thank you, Kellen. Thank you for talking this out with me. Um I usually do this with Patty at the Dempsey Center. Um Patty's not available right now. Sorry, Patty. I love you, but um sometimes you just need a friend to, you know, sit down, talk it out with and then share with literally everyone
1: yeah yep that's what we do best
0: (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so for those of you who are interested in the day-to-day and sort of life as a cancer patient and what I'm going through personally I, I really appreciate all of you thank you for all the love everywhere thank you for the support and I'm just I'm glad to have so many friends and I'm glad to have a friend in Kellen who cares about me enough to go here with me because this could be pretty uncomfortable. I learned really early on with Kellen that this was, none of this was uncomfortable to her <laughs> at all, which is I think from day one, why I was like, okay, she could be on board with this stuff. Um, but not, not everyone's like that. So find those people in your life that, that are comfortable really going into the, all the emotions and digging deeper. And, and when we ask, how are you doing? And they say they're fine. And you know they're not fine. That well, that's
1: what, I mean, with a follow up call, you, you I said how are you doing, and you said, fine. And I said, <laughs> are you are you like I mean, and that's not me trying to mm. push you, but it's I don't I don't want the the fine if it's not you know, <laughs>
0: right. And and this has to be reciprocal as well. Like this is what friendship is. Like I don't want to give people the idea that when you have cancer that all of a sudden you're the person that needs the help. And then you have friends like Kellen who give it. Like, I'd like to think that I.
1: Oh, no, you've heard me talk about the struggles I'm having, especially right now during the pandemic. There's lots of, there's so much to talk about. Well, and we don't necessarily (laughs) put
0: those on the air for obvious reasons, but, you know, and not to pat myself on the back, but people going through cancer have plenty of capacity to bear witness and to be true friends to to others even when you're going in fact we want that like I think it's, I, I want that yeah. in my life I want people to come to me, you to come to me and be like hey yeah. I'm having this going on like can you help me through it
1: I think one of the things that I've really realized in all the conversations we've had on the podcast is most of the people who've been going through the cancer treatment or have had a cancer diagnosis have told stories that make it seem as if they have become more empathetic it, to not just people within the own c- cancer community, but in general, you know, we've had conversations with lots of guys who talk about the capacity to care deeper, to be more thoughtful, to be more empathetic, and so if anything, it makes it seems like cancer patients make pretty good friends.
0: I think so. <laughs> and now we're gonna hop off, and I'm gonna you're gonna go home to your craziness. Yep. And then we're gonna talk about it later, and you can you know you can uh, lean on me to talk about the um craptastic life of uh, the, of a covid household
1: yeah we will do that <laughs> all right all right Thank thanks you. trevor